Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. As you're turning there, I want to remark that uh, these flowers on the offering court table are in loving memory of Douglas Hemphill Sr., Dennis Hemphill, and the David Wall Sr. Uh, Mark chapter 11. We're going to look at just a few verses. Verses 8 through 11. Mark's Gospel chapter 11. My childhood doesn't include a history of church involvement or even consistent church attendance. It wasn't until I was, I guess, 15 or 16 years old that I came to faith in Christ and began to worship God in a community of believers on a regular basis. However, I do recall this annual pilgrimage that my family would make to homecoming at the church where my grandparents were very involved. I vividly recall those homecomings, those celebrations that we would have at New Branch Holiness Church in the Johnson's Corner community in Toons County, Georgia. It's been probably 25 years since I've been to a homecoming at New Branch. But I still remember so much about those homecoming Sundays. Now, being the hot-natured individual that I am, I remember that it was always hot. Some of you are fanning out there. It's, it's hot today, amen? It was hot. It must have happened in July or August each year, and the, the church building there at New Branch was a simple brick building. It only had two small restrooms in the foyer and the sanctuary, and that was it. There was no fellowship hall, and so we had dinner on the grounds. And on the grounds, when we had dinner, that was the place where your ice in your tea would melt almost as quickly as the gnats would dive bomb your potato salad. <laughs> gnats and all, I remember the food, though. It was much like what we're going to enjoy in just a few moments. All the country cooking that you can imagine. Deviled eggs and potato salad, the cream corn and butter beans, all those squash broccoli and chicken casseroles. And I'll never forget my mother's Aunt Reap. She made homemade chicken and dumplings in a pot so big that I thought it was a wash tub. Everybody had to have some of Aunt Reed's chicken and dumplings. The food was great. But I have over 30 first cousins on that side of my family. My mom has seven siblings, so I've got more aunts and uncles than a little boy should need, considering the fact that it meant that there was more than one set of eyes on me as I lived and grew up. After the service and the meal, all us cousins would 
just run around chasing each other until we almost passed out from the heat. And then we would sneak back into the sanctuary because that's the only place where they had air conditioning. And after the meal, the adults would go into the sanctuary and, and they would say they were going in to listen to some music. And my Aunt Joyce, who passed away about a year ago, would play the piano and sing. And we would pretend that we wanted to go in and listen to the singing. But it was just to cool off for a moment. And then we would head out to, to play again. We wanted to make sure that we had thoroughly ruined our Sunday's best before the day was over. Some might say those were the days. I look back on those times with fond memories. But I also look back and I reflect that on all those homecoming Sundays at New Branch Holiness Church, I missed the point. I missed the point. I missed the main event. Maybe I was too focused on the food or the people or the fact that the preacher was screaming and jumping up and down. But the fact is that I missed the point. It was a worship experience. It was a time to worship God and I missed it. It was an opportunity to hear the gospel message and respond to God in faith and I missed it. I wonder sometimes now, my grandparents have passed on how many homecoming Sundays they prayed that this would be the Sunday that I would walk the aisle and give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. When we look at Scripture, we can see that is the case. Missing the point is what happened many times. But especially when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the people missed the point. He made this triumphal entry into Jerusalem in a calculated way. He wanted to make a point. He used a symbolic animal for his entrance. The, the donkey was seen as an honorable animal. The symbolism then is of a king of peace, the prince of peace. He wanted to be enthroned in the hearts of the people. But the crowds, the crowds wanted a king for a day. They wanted a Messiah who would overthrow the government of Rome. Instead, Jesus came to be the king of their lives. He did not come to be a military ruler. He came to seek and save the lost. Jesus was determined to sacrifice himself for sinners. And the crowd missed the point. They missed the main event. Now granted this isn't a typical homecoming passage. It's more like an Easter 
passage, but I believe it applies to us on this homecoming Sunday. It applies to us because like myself, there are many who miss the point of this day. And I want to encourage you this morning not to be like the people in the crowd on that day that Jesus entered Jerusalem. Look with me at the passage of Scripture. Mark 11, starting in verse 8, we find these words. Many people spread their robes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna! He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. The coming kingdom of our father David is blessed. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And he, Jesus, went into Jerusalem and into the temple complex. And after looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went on to Bethany with the twelve. I want to encourage you today not to miss the main event of homecoming. I want to encourage you today to not miss the main event of church. I want to encourage you today not to miss the main event of the gospel of Jesus Christ by sharing with you three ways that we often miss the main event. First of all, we miss the main event when we see the show but miss the message. We miss the main event when we see the show but miss the message. You know, some people that go to the circus never get past the sideshows. They never get past the sideshows. They get so, so caught up with the peripheral Attractions that they never see what's happening in the center ring. You know, we, we cry out, entertain me, cater to me, serve me, appeal to my motives, dazzle me. But folks, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, He didn't enter to dazzle us. He did not enter to dazzle us, He entered to die. He did not enter this world in a stable to dazzle us. He entered the world to die for us. And I wonder how many folks will show up at homecoming and Easter and Christmas and maybe even every single Sunday in order to see the show but miss the message. You know, special music and old friends and reminiscing about years gone by, the, the fellowship, the food, all of these are peripheral attractions that, that certainly can and should be enjoyed. But we must be careful not to miss the message of the gospel. I'm not positive, but maybe, just maybe, <laughs> We most often miss the main event because we attend for the wrong reasons. We attend for the wrong reasons. In just a few short weeks, 
there will be thousands of college students that will get all dressed up to attend the University of Georgia football games. Some will clear their schedule for the entire weekend in order to prepare for this three to, to four hour event. They will dress in their red and black and get to their tailgating stations hours before kickoff. Here's the interesting part, though. Some of those people who have tickets, who get all dressed up, who arrive at their tailgating, tailgating station hours before kickoff, will never go into the gate. That's right. They won't. And still others, they won't get to their seats until the middle of the first quarter or even the second quarter has started. And that's not all, folks. Some of those same people will leave this much-anticipated event while the end result of the game is still in doubt. They will. Now, you may know why people would do such a thing because you've done it yourself. You see, people arrive late and they leave early from football games and all sorts of events, not just because of the traffic or the inclement weather, but because they go for the festivities around the game rather than for the game. Now, it's debatable whether that's really right or wrong. I happen to enjoy the social aspect of sporting events. But I also disdain sitting by someone who asks me in the middle of the game who's winning. <laughs> what isn't debatable is whether it's okay to attend a worship service or a homecoming just to socialize or to keep up appearances. There are far too many folks that attend church for all the wrong reasons. Now, there's nothing wrong with socializing church. Maybe, you know, we, we glorify it a little bit by saying fellowship. But it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And a, and a myriad of other reasons, but it should not be the main reason. The purpose of this point is not to tell anyone to stop coming to homecoming or, or attending church, but to say that we should all get and examine our motives and our attitudes. Because that's so important. And realize that the message of God, the central theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the message that God wants all of us to respond to is the fact that a relationship with Him is the most important relationship in your life. There's nothing else, nothing else that trumps our relationship with God. We miss the main event when we see the show, but we miss the message. Secondly, we miss the main event when our God is too small. 
We miss the main event when our God is too small. You see, Jesus, when He went to Jerusalem at this triumphal entry, when He voluntarily submitted Himself to what would be torture, beating, and ultimately death, when He did that, He was offering Himself as the Messiah. He was offering Himself as the Savior of the world. He was offering Himself as the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Emmanuel. But you have to understand that these people who were shouting, Hosanna in the highest, most of them wanted only a political ruler who would serve their selfish purposes. And you cringe at the thought of that. And yet how many of us only want God for our selfish purposes? Jesus wanted them to think big. But they were thinking small. You see, their God was too small. They wanted to think about their people, their church. They only wanted to think about their group, their race. But Jesus wanted them to see their salvation and the salvation of the entire world. H.G. Wells was never particularly religious. But after he studied the history of the human race and had observed human life, he came to an interesting conclusion. He said this, religion is the first thing and the last thing. And until a man has found God and been found by God, he begins at no beginning. His works to no end. He may have a friendship. He may have his partial loyalties, his scrapes of honor, but all these things fall into place and life falls into place only with God. I want to encourage you today not to miss the main event of homecoming. Don't miss the main event of church. Don't miss the main event of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't miss the main event of Christianity because your view of God is too small. Small is an adjective that in no way describes the great God that we serve and worship. We miss the main event when we see the show, but miss the message. When, when our view of God is too small, and lastly, and I'll finish with this, we miss the main event. We miss it when we make Jesus king for a day and not Lord for life. When we make Him King for the day and not Lord for life. I want to share with you some statistics that are over 10 years old. 91, a Gallup poll, that's 20 years old, sorry. A Gallup poll showed that 78% of Americans expect to go to heaven when they die. However, many of them hardly ever pray, read the Bible, or attend church. They admit that they live to please themselves instead of God. 
And one observer said, I wonder why these people would want to go to him. He goes on to say, in an article written entitled, Are We Ready for Heaven? That only 34% of American people who call themselves Christian attend church at least once a week. He goes on to write, We sing, When all my labors and trials are over, and I am safe on that beautiful shore, just to be near the dear Lord I adore will through the ages be glory for me. However, unless our attitudes towards the Lord and our appreciation of Him change greatly, heaven will be more of a shock than a glory. If you think that you're being a follower of Christ by coming to church at homecoming, or maybe once and even twice a week when you live the rest of your life for yourself and you've missed the main event. Acts 2.36, we read these words, Therefore let all of the house of Israel know for certain that God has made Him, Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. We've got to realize that Jesus didn't come to the face of this earth to be a king for a day. He didn't. He came to this earth as a baby in a manger in order to be Lord of your life. And if you make Him any less than Lord of your life, then you have simply missed the main event of Christianity. A Sunday school teacher once told her class, so let's assume that the distance between the earth and the sun, which is 92 million miles, earth and sun, 92 million miles, let's just assume that that was reduced down to the thickness of this little piece of paper. That's how far it is from the earth to the sun. Actually, 92 million miles. She said, if that is the case, then the distance between the earth and the nearest star would be a stack of sheets of paper 70 feet high. 70 feet high. And the diameter of the galaxy would be a stack of papers 310 miles high. Then the teacher added, the galaxy is just a speck of dust in the universe. And yet Jesus holds the universe together by the word of his power. And then the teacher ended with what I will end with on this homecoming Sunday. Now, is this the kind of person you ask into your life to be your Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are Lord and Savior. Whether we live it or not, you are it. You came to this earth, you lived a perfect life. 
not so that you could be king for a day, but so that you could be enthroned in the hearts and the lives of people. And God, I pray that, that you would use your word to penetrate our hearts. That you would use it to change us. Or maybe there's somebody here today that's never placed you as king, as lord of their lives. Maybe there's, there's folks here that have and, and have somehow gotten off track and need to submit to you 100%. All of what we do in church, all of what we do in life, all of what we do today on homecoming hinges on our relationship with you. It's my hope. It's my prayer. And I know, God, it's your will that we would all submit 100% and completely and fully to you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name.